right, I got it. You ready? Yo, Groovies, welcome back to another episode. I am Josh, and I am once again, as always, joined by Erica from the Horror Cafe Podcast and Gaming. What's up? How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I am doing phenomenal. I'm doing great. Fantastic. I'm down a light, as everybody can see. All the Groovies... (laughs) Patron Krubies, go listen to the, We had 20 minutes of bonus content on this episode. You get to hear me complain about my light. Uh, you get to actually see the light go out. Yeah, that's true. You get a video lesson on how to video, change all your video settings very quickly in your camera so that you can yep. uh, get some sort of light going on. Because keep in mind, I film in a dungeon basement. Don't let all of this fool you. It's actually not that bad, if I'm being honest, but there's no natural light. There's. It's not a barbarian basement. <laughs> That's true, but it has the same amount of light. Like if I turn the lights off, it's pitch black. So it has the same amount of light as the Barbarian Basement. Um, But I do use, I cheat and use these lights that went out. You get to see the light go out. Anyway, all of the VIP and official groupies get all that extra bonus content. Go join now. We'll wait. We'll be here when you get back. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. So, on this episode, we are going to do our not-so-instant reaction to the movie Insidious, The Red Door. I almost said The Black Door. I think it was the Black Friday conversation that carried over. That could be it. That could be. And, technically, the door does turn black Mm. at at the end of the movie, so you're not wrong. That's a good segue, because this will contain spoilers. If you want to, if you have not True. seen the movie, and I say this every time we do one of these, I'm not sure why you're watching or listening, unless maybe you don't like horror movies, or maybe you like to be spoiled. That's perfectly okay. But if you don't want to be spoiled, stop now, go see the movie, come back, join Patreon, we'll be waiting on you right here. If you want to listen to like a 20-minute episode, which went way longer than I had intended, you could go <laughs> listen to my... Oh, you have to go on YouTube, go to YouTube the Horror HMC Studios YouTube, and I have a video of myself doing an instant reaction, an actual instant reaction to Insidious, uh, spoiler-free. Nice. I actually haven't watched it because I was just waiting to see what you say Mm. today. Oh, see, then I have a head start because you You also have done an episode on Insidious, The Red Door, already uh, for the Horror Cafe. Yes, and I was like, I bet he's going to listen. And of course... You did. I did the opposite. I just want to be surprised at mm-hmm. whatever is going to be said. I I at least have the one heads up that you enjoyed it because you said it in the group chat that you enjoyed it. Yes, I did enjoy it. Um, so I think I even texted you after I listened to your guys' episode. Yeah. And um, the funny thing is I listened to it while I was getting ready for a sales call. Um Tuesday morning, I think, because I got into Tampa Monday. Yes. So Tuesday, Tuesday. morning. And mm-hmm. um, I was thinking, I was in the shower and getting ready and stuff while I was listening. And I was like arguing with you while I was listening to it, which I Great. also do with Two Chicks and Horror Flick. When I listen to them, I'm constantly arguing with them and they can't hear me and it drives me nuts. Um, so I will at times, <laughs> and Felicia will uh, attest to this, I will text her while I or like, you know, chat through Instagram while I'm listening to their episode and i'll like be driving right because i drive a lot for work i'll pause it in the car i will get my phone i'll voice to i'll voice to text right and i will text her a huge paragraph about what i disagree with of about what she is saying in the episode i'm surprised you didn't do that or you just well 
Because you knew we were going to record? Correct. See, that's why I think I, what I said it. was, I find it astonishing how we can yeah. both enjoy this movie so much while having completely differing opinions on certain aspects of it. So this should yeah. be a very interesting conversation. I think, and that's what I responded. I'm like, well, it'll be a great <laughs> episode. At least we agree that we both enjoyed it. That's my um, spoiler alert here. I also enjoyed the movie. Yes. So I'm curious to see what the differences are, but at least at the end, we still like it. <laughs> That's true. And I am going to pull up imdb.com. I am going to pull up the synopsis. Hopefully my camera doesn't make me all jumpy. It might. That's so far okay. so good. No glitch dancing. I'm hoping now. that pulling all those files off my computer may have helped at mm. least free up a little bit of um It should. It should run a little bit Better, faster, I don't stronger. Know. We <laughs> okay, Kanye, calm down. Okay, Jeez. well, I was actually thinking of the actual song, the Daft Punk one, so I went farther back in time. Wow, and I went, I went Kanye with it. I'm sorry, I'm gonna go to Rotten I Tomatoes because I hate IMDb's. Um, this may be the only time I ever say anything nice about Rotten Tomatoes over IMDb, but I cannot stand IMDb's um, synopsis for movies. It's like, hey, let's come up with the shortest um, synopsis that really doesn't make it um, any sort of difference because all we're going to tell you is two things at all. Yeah. This movie has people from the previous Insidious in it, and that would be like their synopsis. Yeah. I always use the Rotten Tomatoes one. <laughs> the synopsis from there but i still think that rotten tomatoes is a bureaucratic um corporate bs rating system that helps push movies that give them money and i'm gonna die on that hill um wait, wait, it shows you how much i use this where is the synopsis at on here keep I'm, going it's not at the top you have to like pass the score oh, and I think Christ. some pictures and it should be there. <laughs> okay. I take it back. I should have just used IMDb. At least I could locate okay. it. This is like my wiener when I'm trying to pee. I can't find it. More <laughs> movie info. Insidious, the Red Door, the horror franchise's original cast returns for the final chapter of the Lambert's terrifying saga. That would be it on IMDb. That would be it. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's true. To put their demons to rest once and for all, Josh, Patrick Wilson, and a college-aged Dalton, Ty Simpkins, must go deeper into the further than ever before, facing their family's dark past and a host of new and more horrifying terrors that lurk behind the red door. PG-13, horror, mystery, and thriller. I forgot to tell everybody, if you would like to and have not uh, the HMC podcast. We did our cabin trip last year and mm. we did, it was an insidious themed cabin trip. If we were smart, we would have done it this year and done insidious and done it before and then did this, but we are not smart people. However, the entire premise of me telling you this is that you can go back to those episodes and listen to us cover insidious insidious chapter two insidious, the last key insidious, the other ones. I don't know how many there are <laughs> at this point. Ones. There's a lot and we did them all yeah. at the cabin. So if you would like to go check that out, be my guest. So, um, I'm going to preface this by saying, and everybody knows this, Erica, this is not, a shocker. Mm -hmm. It should not be a shocker. I do not like Patrick, Patrick Wilson acting. It's not even his <laughs> acting. He was fantastic in this movie. Okay. I just don't like him. 
And the other thing <laughs> I know that that boils my blood is bad parenting. So you take an actor I already don't like and make right. him a scumbag dad and like it's a recipe for disaster. I thought about you with that. I'm like, ooh, mm, e is going to be rough. I know he's going to hate this guy. I did. <laughs> More than you already do. <laughs> it made my skin crawl, him, in this movie. And a lot of the times when he was on the screen, and I know, and you and your, your mother solidified this for me, Felt people felt sorry for him. They're like, oh, look, he says he can't remember, and it's cost him his family. Right. And I get it. I'm supposed to have like empathy for this man <laughs> and understand that like he has lost his memory at the end of Insidious Chapter 2. They decided, hey, the best path forward is to erase his and Dalton's brains of this whole mm-hmm. year. And I love the fact that we pick up nine years later and we see that sometimes we don't see this in horror movies or in other mm-hmm. movies. You see the happy ending. You're like, oh, great. They've erased their brains. They're never going to do anything, and they're going to proceed on as this happy family. Well, we see right. nine years later that is not the case because their family is torn apart. Yep. His mother has just passed away. He's going through it, dude. He is going through it. I, that's a good point. I'm actually pleasantly surprised that it all fell apart because not only did his mom just die, we learned that the... They're divorced. Divorced. They don't live together. Uh, right. Dalton doesn't communicate with him. Right. And neither does he, it seems like. With it's, with any of them, it seems like. Right. It seems like it's just a torn family on all angles. Mm-hmm. And then this death, I feel like, just probably made it worse. Because, I mean, when they're at the funeral and uh, Josh gets in the car that's when you see an entity behind him right so has this been going on or did the death of his mom catapult any of this all of a sudden i don't know if here's my takeaway on that is that i believe that entity behind him was his dad right walking up to him behind the car yeah later i thought about it because i was wondering who the hell it was and i from the silhouette, I figure it was the dad. And I feel like, so then, okay, so the movie starts out in there at Josh's mom's funeral, which Josh's mm-hmm. mom was in the first two movies, and she was aware of all of this. And I did she, not, correct me if I'm wrong, but did she not have Josh's brain, his memory wiped out when he was a kid so he wouldn't remember any of this stuff? And then... I it, thought so too. Okay. That was so, in part one. So that's the other yeah. thing we have to keep in mind is that his brain has been wiped out twice. So mm-hmm. that obviously leads to why he's having this brain fog and all this stuff. But at yeah. back at his house where his mom was clearly living with him or he was living with his mom, I think he was living with his mom. Um, yes, I think so. That's when his dad finally appears. And that scene was awesome when he like, cause I was not expecting him to jump through the window like that. Me either. Me either. I thought the commercial had ruined it, but it didn't ruin it a hundred percent, which was great. Or well, the trailer. Yes, you can call it a commercial. It's okay. We yeah. don't care. Um, but he, his dad pushes him into a closet and that's when the picture or the diary or something falls down. And that's really when he learns about who his dad is. Yeah. Uh, everything about his dad, right? So I feel like his mother dying opened the door for his dad to try to come back into his life. Yes. that's. What I, was, I think the mom dying is what is causing... I don't know... I, in the first one, 
I mean, she came back in as this was happening because the the wife called the mother-in-law. I don't know what propelled. I can't remember what propelled it in the first one. But in this one, it seems like it's the mom's death. And what he, what he finds is a little box with pictures. Mm, that's right. Of the dad in there. Yep. And I maybe some kind of report because he figures out that his dad had mental mental health. There wasn't a psych. Oh, I think it was a it was a wristband, a patient wristband, that's and it right. said psychiatric institution, something yes. like that. And now you're like, oh, little light bulb. It makes sense, out. right? Yeah, yeah. So I I agree that the death of the mom is what opened the red door. Yes. Well, and in the first one, this is what drove me crazy. I, I am not a huge Insidious fan. The first one, what drove me crazy is that Dalton was going through all this stuff and what triggers Josh to remember all this is that finally the mom, the grandma who died in this movie, she tells them, hey, this happened to Josh when he was little. But she lets it mm. go on so long and lets um, Rose Burns' character, I always forget her freaking name. Um... Oh, in the movie? Yeah, I don't remember her name either. Rose Byrne is... Renee. She lets Renee think she's crazy. That's her name? Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, Renee Lambert. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's um interesting name. But that drove me crazy, but that's not what we, we're not here to talk about the first one. But that is part of the reason I dis- dislike the first one so much. It's like, so this lady knew this entire time let that her pregnant daughter-in-law... And her husband, her son's like divorced because they were on shambles then. Because remember, he was staying at school late and didn't want to come home. That's right. But anyway, neither here nor there. Um, so one of the great things about this movie are the freaking jump scares, dude. Because I went to the theater by myself. First time I've ever went to the movie by myself, too, by the way. Um, How was that? I, I, I didn't hate it, dude. I went Sunday morning, 9 a.m., first showing of the day. Funny story, dude. You know, I got a lot of them. I, ah, <laughs> I'm ready. pull in the parking lot, okay? And I'm like, there's like no car. There's like one other car. And I'm like, and this happened Employee. before. Abby and I went to see, um, I don't remember. We went to see cool. a movie, and we pull <laughs> in the parking lot, and there's like one other car. There's these two guys standing out front talking to each other, and the guy's like, hey, uh, the sprinkler system keeps going off. We had to shut down all the theaters. So Uh-oh. there's no movies. I'm like, okay, great. But anyway, I pull in this time, and I'm like, oh, here we go. The damn sprinklers again. So I get out. I go in. There's people working in there. It's all good. So I go up. It scans my thing. She's like, it's down that aisle too, whatever. Um, so I go up to the concession stand. It's 9 a.m. I don't eat until noon every day. So Same. I, I have it for, for a long, long time. So I... Go up, I get a Diet Coke. I'm like, take a large Diet Coke. He's like, you don't want any popcorn? He's like, come on, man. You know you want some popcorn. I'm like, "Mm -mm, can't do it. Breakfast of champions. Dude, so I'm sitting there, and I go in. I'm like five minutes early, and they never start movies on time. So I sit down. I'm just guzzling my delicious Diet Coke, and I'm sitting there, and nobody else is coming in. Nobody else is coming in. And these two older ladies that were there together, they walk in. They sit behind me. Then this other lady walks in by herself. Nobody else. She goes up and she sits in the back, I think. Um, and then this mm. older, older lady, like granny style lady, she walks in and goes and sits in the front to watch it. So it was me, this these two ladies that were together. Um, not like together, together, but like friends that were together. And then yeah. two separately. So I think I was there for single mom's morning or something. Wow. Yep. All right. Yep. Yeah, dude, I could have cleaned up. I could have cleaned hey. up, but... I refrained. 
they were there to see two Joshes, you and Patrick Wilson. That's true. That's true. And I should have had my <laughs> horror movie crew shirt on and I passed out cards. Seth always jokes that we need cards. And I'm like, that would have been the perfect. Hey, do you like horror podcasts here? Check this out. Um, oh my God. That's true. What better place to ask? Yeah. Than at a horror movie. Honestly, what I should get is uh, bags of candy. No, you don't want to hand people food. Mm. That'd be weird. They'd be like, I don't want your fucking food, dude. Uh, if it's sealed. Uh, I don't know. No? I think I just blew candy? our YouTube coverage. How often? How far into this mm. are we? Oh, no. 15 minutes. We're definitely getting docked. Um, it doesn't matter. <sighs> For what? Oh, no. I dropped the F-bomb. Um, oh. <laughs> what was I talking about? Uh, you were thinking about passing out candy yes can't do it so i'm sitting there and there's like i don't know why dude there were so many previews but that one i sent you guys looks i'm calling it now movie of the year the cobweb one yes i so we didn't get that preview and honestly i'm glad i i'm gonna go watch it next weekend i haven't seen any trailers for it Mm mm-hmm and I'm completely avoiding it. I saw one still on Instagram, and yeah. it was a frightening picture. Ooh, a frightening I'm in. picture. Dude, my yeah, wife has like, me camping. Some... I have to camp next weekend. I can't even go see it. <gasps> camping oh, no. Wednesday through Sunday. I mean, that's fun. I've never gone camping. I assume it's fun. No? Okay. It's a blast. Oh, okay. It's not. It's too hot here. I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's just going to be hot here, too, probably, but... uh. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I, yeah, but it, Cobweb, I'm calling it, dude. It's going to take Stabby's Awards this year. I'm telling you right mm-hmm. now. It's going to be this year's Barbarian. Oh, I'm glad because I'm waiting. I'm still waiting for something like that. And this one's kind of flown under the radar. I know when they announced it a few weeks ago, but yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, I don't, I don't want to see what this, what this is about yes. just yet. So they did that. They did uh, the haunted mansion. They're really pushing that movie. I think Charlotte and I are going to go see it. Um, they did a bunch, a bunch of previews, dude, like death on the yeah. Nile or whatever that new one is haunting in Connecticut, whatever, yeah. whatever that movie is. Um, haunting in Venice. I <laughs> that's think. it. That's it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't remember a bunch, dude, a bunch of previews. And then I, so I said to myself, if they have the audacity to show one more preview, I'm going, I'm going to buy popcorn and fucking mission impossible came on. Really? Oh my God. I said, you know what? And I went out and I got my popcorn. I came back, caught the tail end of the, um, that pre- Mission impossible. That, that preview that shows you how there was nobody in the theater. Like I literally walked out, got popcorn, and came back in like the whole trailer section. Anyway, but yes, yeah, so I ate that whole tub of popcorn, dude. Large, of course. I mean, it's thirty cents more. Like, why not? You're silly not to get the large. Honestly, you're doing yourself a disservice by not getting the large. Good for you. You enjoyed that breakfast of champions. Here's the problem, though, dude. As I, I don't know what it was. I don't know if they just cleaned the machine or what, but it was the worst tasting popcorn I've ever tasted in my entire life. No, mm. it should taste even better, right? It wasn't, if it's dude. The I don't fresh think so. one. No, I think it tasted a little bit like cleaning solution or something. Oh, yeah, ew. it was not great. Um, yeah, that's not good. But mm-hmm. I could not stop eating it because it's popcorn and it's the 
it's the momentum of it mm. at the theater. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. Yeah. I yeah. get it. That's what it is. That's what it is. Plus, I, I don't it. feel like such a, a wiener when I'm watching these scary movies. And like, mm. if I eat the popcorn, I can kind of close my eyes and not watch sometimes. You know what I mean? So it's like a scary mm-hmm. scene. I'm like, okay, the jump's about to happen. <laughs> See? You can excuse the chew action yeah. to close your eyes. I like that. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's or, pretty good. Or I pretend... Then I like ate a kernel. It was hard. I'm like, oh, and I closed my eyes. Uh-huh. See? And then just, oh my God, look yeah. to the side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, that's what I do. So I had to have the popcorn for it. But um, no, the, ju- try that. the jump scares in this movie are fantastic. And the, the, the lead up to them are even better. Because like there were some that I was like, okay, fake jump scare. Then boom. Oh, they were so good. I was very jumpy. I screamed pretty loud i'm sure people were like what the hell's wrong with this girl what's going on i had my my sweater Mm. my security blanket to like kind of hide under there um i did open the twizzlers pack this time before the previews oh thank goodness so i didn't so i didn't cause all that crackling annoying noise that's good fyi yeah i was worried good me too. I learned. You see, you you fail and you learn. That's, you I was, apply it later. You have to. I was telling Charlotte this earlier today. I was like, you, as long as you learn from your mistakes, you should make mistakes. That's the only way you're going to learn anything. Exactly. So perfect. It was great being able to pick up your Twizzlers in the middle of a jump scare. Gnaw on it. Kind of like a nervous gnawing. Mm. And, uh, but it was great. It was awesome because that's what I had been craving. I was wanting a movie like that that it had me on the edge of my seat i was ready for that jump scare and it was good at faking you out mm-hmm. you think it's safe and then all of a sudden you're not so safe anymore that is true and very loud dude very loud in there so loud that was one of the things like those, yes. those jump scares are so loud um but anyway back to the movie aspect of it um yeah, that was the yes. one. That was one thing I, I really enjoyed. Were all the jump? I I could see if people didn't like jump scares, like okay, yeah. but I do enjoy them, and that's what these movies are centered around. So I don't know why you wouldn't. Oh yeah, I mean, th- again, that's why I was excited to watch this movie because if anything, I would hope I would at least get some good scares out of it to release that. I need to scream at the TV. Yes, <laughs> or screen. And it at least at the base of it delivered in that, and then the movie was great anyway. So it just it was a double a double win for me. Same, same. Another thing I really liked about it is I thought Patrick Wilson's directing was spot on with all the other Insidious movies. He captured yeah. what Insidious is, uh, what it should be, with the the grainy feel of it, while making. Mm-hmm. This is one thing I was worried about. Is I was like, okay, this doesn't. Those first two Insidious movies are pretty old, and technology yeah. has come a long way since that. Like, how are they going to be mm-hmm. able to make this movie feel like, like for instance, like Scream Four? They tried to make that movie look grainy and in yes. the same image as the first three, and I think it was one of the most disappointing aspects of that movie. Which I love that movie, but like it has this weird filter on it. So I was like, I'm hoping that they don't do that because. Those first two Insidious movies are not pretty movies. Like they're not shot pretty. They're not. They have this weird like look to them. And I think he captured all of that while also yeah. making it very modern. Because what I think it is, the first two, even though James Wan had more of a budget, 
I don't think he had a huge budget like he might now. Mm-hmm. And clearly this one is a quality version of those because it still had that Insidious has a a teal blue tint yes. kind of to it. And you, it's very obvious in the first two. And in this one, it's there, but it, it's not grainy. It just looks crisp and modern like a budget like you you finally got the budget that you needed for this movie and now you have a high quality camera and filter editing programs right. to make it work right. and i agree this is his first movie his uh i can't say that word D- direct directorial debut word. yes and i think he did a great job i thought he like you said that he captured the essence of what insidious is which then also adds to it that he was passionate about it for fans like you know if, if you're a huge fan of this franchise i'm not a huge fan but i definitely enjoy it right it's nice to see that he carried it and cared enough to make sure he delivered within the uh franchise so good job on his part and he pulled off dad shorts so well that good. that's a good segue because <laughs> so they're at the funeral and we see again that the family's broken, which is again, it pulls at the heartstrings um, because yeah. even though I don't care for Patrick Wilson and it really made me not like, it's always made me not like that character. It's not really his fault that all this is going on while at the same time, it is his fault because he's the one going through these, this brain fog, etc. cetera. Um, yeah. Anyway, Rose Byrne, Renee, she kind of talks him into driving Dalton to college, which I don't know how far it was. It doesn't, I don't, I can't imagine it's very far. Cause I think it was like a one day yeah. trip and back. But the funny thing about that is um, like Dalton doesn't want Josh to take him and Josh doesn't yeah. want to take him. Right. You can tell they're both like, well, I guess we're just doing this for Renee's character or for both of them to feel like they, tried quote unquote tried maybe in their head because that's the part that i did was when patrick wilson's in the car and he's gonna text him about taking him to school and how many times are you sitting there thinking of texting somebody and it's gonna be what you think is a hard question or you're gonna say something that you think is going to be difficult or hard to say, and you sit there, you type it, you delete, you type it again, and you're like, okay, I got to press send. You press send, you're waiting for the response, you see the damn dots, (laughs) dot, dot, dot. Then they disappear, then they come back. The worst is when they disappear and never come back. You're like, what were you going to say? I saw uh you typing. But that's besides the point. And that scene made it feel a little bit less like, obligatory that he was he felt obligated because of the but why are you debating it anyway it should be a straight yes i'm taking you to school but is it because he's fearing rejection from the kid oh i would have to imagine so be in and like yeah because he even tells renee no i don't i don't think i can or maybe if i can she's like do you not want to and that's when he was like okay and at that point again this goes to his acting his acting is really good i don't know why i don't like him i really should because he does a great job but i just don't i'm sorry um and he's like it happens you can see in his eyes he's like okay this is something i don't want to do but i should want to do it i don't know why i don't want to do it but i will do it Right. So maybe it is that fear of rejection. Maybe he thought he, he you know, J- Dalton wasn't going to want him to take him, which we see Dalton really doesn't want him to take him, but is doing it 
for the mom. And you see that through the entire drive. They get there. You also see how different Josh and Dalton is. And it makes me wonder if Dalton is purposely, Mm -hmm. uh, purposely different from his dad because he dislikes him so much. So he's like, because like Josh saw the flyer for the frat party and Dalton's like, you don't know me at all, do you? Like this is 100% the opposite of what I would be into. But that was like the fraternity Josh was in, right? So he's, it's like, is he be is he trying that hard to not be his dad like purposely or is that just who he's grown into? But I also wonder if that happens naturally, like, okay, you dislike this person so much that you are like without even trying to be the polar opposite of them. I think that that happens a lot. And I wonder if Dalton is also seeing, Oh, I'm actually a lot more like my dad than I think, but I'm going to fight it and try to be the complete opposite Mm -hmm. of him, which is a rebellion, right? He's rebelling against what even what his dad might think Dalton should be because Josh thinks that he should go join this frat party or the the whole frat house, whatever. But how do you not know your kid's an art (laughs) geek? You know, it's fine. And look how he dresses. He dresses like he's coming from a Pearl Jam concert. Yeah. In 2023, like, what is wrong with you? You know, and uh, for the father to not notice that yeah. and then suggest uh, the kid has long hair, the backwards cat. Come on, like, open your eyes. They're both not in tune with each other. I think Dalton is more aware. Josh is really like oblivious, just completely unaware. Yeah. And I it, it, it did make me sad when Josh asks him and Dalton finally does reply that. I guess like you can even <laughs> hear the kid saying, I guess you can take me to school. Yeah. He was so happy because it's not a no. Right. And that's where I think that that's what the big issue as well was there. He was afraid of rejection because this relationship is so strained at this point. Right. How do you go fixing it? And he's trying so hard to be comfortable and make it a fun time that it just goes very bad and they have a bad argument. <laughs> Well, I mean, I saw it leading up to that, and I was like, okay, because yeah. this is pretty early in the movie still. It's it's like the first or second, not the first act, but like probably the second act, and yeah. not even into the second act, like the second set of scenes, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. But um, I, I saw it leading up to that, and I was like, okay, this is going to be the make or break of this movie, how this argument goes, because you knew it was going to happen. Yeah. You knew this whole thing was going to come to a head, and he was going to get mad yeah. and leave, and they were going to be on bad terms. Um, yep. And it could have been very cringy and but because again i don't know if ty simpkins has been in a lot of stuff outside of insidious i don't know him from anything else um obviously patrick wilson is a big name actor at this point um but the whole thing was done really well from the way it was directed to the way that it was acted to the way that it was edited even when you see josh run out of the in the dad shorts yes his dad shorts out in his dad shorts he's in the car he's upset um but i like the realism of the argument because it wasn't it didn't come off it came off as very very realistic because josh is upset and says no i'm i can see why mom left you or whatever i forget exactly what he said but you can see that he's upset that his dad knows nothing about him and hasn't been there and just pretty much has disowned the family um 
and before I, I think it felt like Josh always was or Dalton was always like sticking up for like the mom. Like he always made it seem like, Oh, I don't like you because of the way you've treated mom. But I think in this yeah. moment you see that he is really upset that his dad has nothing to do with him and doesn't know what he's into, doesn't know anything about him. Uh, in the car, he didn't even know that he was going to this college because of this art teacher that is there, which is the entire reason right. he wanted to go to the college. But then you see yeah. it from the, and I talk about this on the podcast all the time. Like when I used to watch movies, I'd put myself in the position of like the teenager or the young adult. Yes. And now having my own kids and being older, I put myself in the position of the parents a lot of the time. So I'm sitting there and I see Josh's argument and I see he's like, like even though I don't think it's right, I understand the mentality behind it, right? He's like, look at all the stuff we've done for you. Look at all the money we're spending for you to go to this college. Like, look at all the things that we're providing for you that other people wouldn't have. It's like you yeah. see both sides of the argument and and it's again that could have been done very like cringily but I thought they did it very well and everything tied in really well to where you see both sides of the argument and I don't really feel like there was like a clear cut okay this person's right and this person's wrong. Oh, I agree. I it's hard to side with anybody cuz they they are both right and what I liked about the argument besides it seeing seeming it came across very genuine. Like they could have been having this argument in real time was when Patrick Wilson is not running, but just walking very quickly back to the car. Cause you, he's going to break down. He doesn't want to do it outside in public because he's prideful. He's the frat guy, whatever the situation is, but he's just holding it and just dying to get to the car. Cause he's so upset by what your kid said. And, while I don't have kids, I don't think you ever want your kid to say something like that to you. Because that, I mean, what he said was that, it's, oh, now I see why mom divorced you. That's horrible. Right. I, I think I, I audibly like went <gasps> in the in the theater because it's like, oh, my God, that's so mean. But I'm not mad at him at all. I'm not mad at either one. They both have their points. And it was just shocking. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe this kid just said that <laughs> to his dad. Right. Maybe to your friend, because you can vent, but to your own dad and to his face, mm-hmm. you can tell that he was holding that in for some yes. time, too. And he is pro-mom, right? He's defending his mom because he's the one at home with mom, seeing her sad and upset, and maybe she'll say something about it every once in a while. And he's like, nope, dad sucks. Mom <laughs> rules in, in this situation. Right. Right. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, is that neither of them know like what all of this, they're getting ready to find out very quickly, but they, neither of them yeah. know like what had this whole thing stemmed from or like what, cause again, it's really out of both of their control at this point and they don't know it at yes. all. But, um, yeah, I thought the argument the whole argument scene was done really well. And then it leads into, um, basically where the movie is, is headed for the most part, because for a large portion of this movie, they're, apart from one another. They're not together. They're not in the same place. They're both off on their own. Um, Josh is trying to get to the bottom of like what's going on and um, why he's experiencing this brain fog, etc. And um, Dalton is off at college trying to live some sort of college life, but also he is starting to get these visions. Um, He is experiencing kind of what Josh, really what we saw him experiencing in the first movie, I think, or maybe it was Josh more so, but nonetheless, it kind of went back to that and they're off on their own paths, trying to get to the bottom of what's going on. 
Yes. And uh, you don't see them in the same. They are together in the further at some Mm. point later in the movie, but they're never in reality in the same room again after that argument. They don't show them in the same room ever again. Right. Right. Which I thought was weird. Interesting. Right. It was weird. You only see them in the further, but that doesn't count. It's not technically real. You can't. It's not tangible right in my mind like yes. it's just this astral plane but it is interesting that you went th- the whole movie with these two characters never interacting really again in mm-hmm. person but i really enjoyed dalton's character i love that they brought the same actor back that was really neat that it is literally nine years later it's the same kid mom was like i knew you look familiar i'm like <laughs> hello yeah it's the same kid <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so cool. It's so funny. I was telling her, like, I was whispering it, you know, it's the same kid, right? And she's oh. like, no way. <laughs> like, oh my God, mind blowing, but. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Oh, it was so great. And, uh, but I really enjoyed his, I enjoyed both of the stories. I liked, I love the investigation side to horror movies. That's why, like, The Ring is fun with that when she goes into that deep dive of investigating because I like knowing backstory we have patrick wilson trying to figure out why he has his brain fog and he does physical tests for it he does an mri for it and then we start finding out more about his dad and then dalton what triggers him is when he's in art class and the teacher counts she kind of counts backwards Mm -hmm. or forward she you know she does a countdown and that's like the hypnotizing right because when they got hypnotized the hypnotizer i don't know what they're called yeah the hypnotizer i'm into it i like it okay cool uh he counted so it's like you as the audience you're thinking oh all right this is gonna open up his mind and that's when he paints this red well it's not red initially but it's this huge door that we know as the audience is that famous red door in his attic yes from his childhood home and the reason it turns red is because he cuts himself and then there's blood on the painting and then he just you know paints it red and here we are and here we are so the red door (laughs) is the name of the movie it has finally made an appearance i actually liked that scene a lot in the art studio in the art studio yeah um and you see how dedicated Dalton is to his craft because there's the one kid and they bring in this um, art professor and she's from the show uh, Succession. I, don't, I know you don't watch that, but she's oh, from that show. Okay. Um, and she's a real good. hard ass, dude. And he, there's this other kid. Yeah. They also, they're also supposed to bring a drawing or a creation they made that's close to their heart. And Dalton brings the picture of his grandmother that he drew that mm-hmm. just, just passed away. And um, the instructor instructs this other kid to rip up his picture that he brought and he won't do it he gets mad he leaves the class and and like she doesn't even ask dalton to do his and he immediately rips it oh that hurt me i was like oh my god (laughs) how could you break your own artwork after so much you know work that goes into it i understand the point of the exercise but oh it's like devastated that's awful what i liked about it is it was a tie-in though because Josh saw that picture in the car on the way there and he was like, wow, I can't believe what a great artist you are. So I'm wondering if that Mm -hmm. is Dalton's like way of, okay, this is the first time he's even experienced any of what I can actually do. And then he's like, he rips it up. So I wonder if that carried over into it. That's just kind of something I picked up on. 
Oh, I didn't even think about that. I think that's a good tie-in for that symbolism of, okay, that's that's that happened with dad, and now we're going to do real art and just moving on from that argument and situation. And it's interesting that Dalton, even though he's mad at his dad, he still listens to all the voicemails Yes, that his dad leaves, which... I think all of us do that when with a loved with a loved one. If you if you're mad at them, if you're arguing, even if they call you, leave you a voicemail or text you a paragraph, you read it, you listen to it, and you're like, all right, but I'm not going to respond right now because <laughs> you're mad or you know, right? You just want to be a hard ass for a little while. <laughs> there is yes, there but is that. I good agree. little touch there. Yeah, I, I like that. That's a good little touch, whether it was on purpose or not. Patrick Wilson, there you go. We found it. There it is, a little Easter egg action. But um, so let's let's move on to another section of the movie here. Dalton has a roommate. I think her name is Chris. Yes, and um, it's a I girl. Don't remember her name. It's it's yes. Chris because that's why they mistakenly made them roommates uh, because they thought she was a boy. Right. Um. So yes. anyway, I really enjoyed this character. I know a lot of people that I've I've watched other YouTubers do videos on Insidious after I did mine. It, not that they mm-hmm. did theirs after I did mine. I did mine and then watched <laughs> theirs. Uh, I don't right. want people to think I'm saying somebody did something uh, that's not uh, great. But I've read some reviews on it, and a lot of people didn't like the comedic aspect that this character brought because the first two movies, really most of the Insidious movies, there's really not that comedic relief mm. with the exception of, like, Specs. I think Specs, Specs. was kind of funny. Um, yeah. And Elise to a certain degree, but nothing like this. This was very like um, Randy from Scream type of humor. I loved her. I thought she was great. She was the comedic relief, and I really appreciated that little touch of comedic relief. I just wonder who added that in, and I think it was a smart choice because it it also modernized the horror movie because I think that's becoming more of a thing to just adding a little bit of humor here and there. But I thought she played off so well with Dalton Yeah. in just trying to bring him out more. I loved all the questions she asked. Like, those are some great icebreaker questions that even I like could learn from it. Oh, if you meet somebody new, let's ask this really weird question about, I forgot what it was, like, what's the weirdest thing you've done Yeah. kind of thing. And I just think she really just radiated off the screen with she cared about him and she really didn't judge him from the minute she walked in, which I think is something he needed. And he needed a friend like this. This kid looks like he doesn't get out much, if at all. Agreed. Which I think is why his dad was pushing the fraternity thing so hard because he doesn't have any friends. Yeah. And I wonder why. She pushed it, too, because she found the frat party flyer mm-hmm. in the room. And she's like, let's go. And he does. So it's interesting that she pushed it, kind of. I mean, she wasn't too annoying about it, but she went. he went with her. And they even took a picture. And he sent Josh a picture of them at the frat party. Even though he said it sucked, he yes. did send a picture. Right. Which was interesting. Well, see, I think it goes back to my like question earlier is that would he, if he didn't dislike his dad so much, would he have wanted to go to that frat party? Would he have wanted to be in that fraternity that his dad was in? Um, so is it him 
purposely saying he doesn't like something because somebody else, everybody has that person in their life that no matter what it is, they're going to tell you they don't like it just on the principle that you probably do like it or that somebody else likes or that like the overwhelming majority of people like it. There's that one person that is like, nah, I don't, I don't like it. It's terrible. And Oh yes, maybe that's what he is doing in that situation. Because I agree with you. When she brings it up, it's almost like it wasn't even a thought. He was like, "Yeah, let's." Well, I think at first he kind of pushes back, but then he did. He pretty much it was pretty much he had made up his mind that he was going to this frat party. Yeah, and he he pushed back, but he didn't push back as bad as when he did with his dad. With his dad, he was like, "Oh, you don't know me." With her, he was like. I don't know about that. But then she just said something else. She's very charming. That's yes. her thing. Yes. She's very charming. This is somebody I would love her as a friend because she'd probably get me out of like the the bubble sometimes that sometimes you need people like that to kind of get you out right. of your bubble. And uh, that's what Dalton needed. And they do go to this frat party and uh, some interesting. First of all, that that frat kid was ridiculous. The whole thing yeah. was so absurd, but it was perfect because, I mean, personally, I've never been to one of those, so I can't say if that's legit or not. But considering all movies that portray frat parties, I presume there's some realism in how they're being portrayed in movies, but it's so absurd and wild. And he runs into his first vision at a frat party. Right. I'm trying to look up the um... the kid. No, the writer. So the same writer that wrote mm. this movie wrote Halloween Kills. And oh, um, okay. there's some really bad dialogue in Halloween Kills, which everybody knows about. I'm not going to go into <laughs> in-depth analysis of that movie. Um, let's see. what is. I'm going to kick myself in the face when I see what his name is because I know, I know this guy. I don't know him, but I like... You could know him. I should know his name. That's that's what's bugging me. Yeah. Oh, come on. Scott Teams. Scott Teams. Good Lord. But he also wrote Halloween Kills and some other stuff mm. that has like bad dialogue in it. So, yes, the guy at the frat party, way over the top. Um, so cringy. He was cringy. He's cringy, mm. but yeah. he's clearly gay, right? I guess. I mean, that's how I took it later when he came back up. I was like, oh, okay, I think you're gay. I don't know. It was it was just odd. But the point is Dalton gets stuck in, in that guy's room. It's Nick. His name is Nick, the main yes. frat guy. And there's they hint at that this is the the kickoff to the the new the new school year, but we want to be careful because of the incident from last year. So obviously, we assume either somebody got injured or died. Yes, right. Which it sounds like they died. <laughs> Which it does definitely leans towards death, and we quickly find out that it was definitely death. It seems like probably somebody choked on their own vomit kind of uh, situation. Yeah. Ugh, I'm guessing terrible. they they served this person way too much alcohol and um yes. Yes. Yeah, that's why you got to get your you got to prime your pump before you go to college, kids. You got to start drinking in high school. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's not solid advice. Don't don't tell us into that. But yeah, be so safe, people. That was one thing. That, honestly, I overlooked it. It didn't really bother me. I, again, I kind of found it a little humorous um, because I think it was yep. it was it was trying to add in some uh, comedic undertones, which these really these are like comedic overtones because they were so large and in your face, but. 
it yeah. kind of goes into one thing. Uh, one thing we finally got to something in the movie that I have an issue with, which is how easily he can just sit down and go into the further. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. He can, right? He just yeah, he, he just, just sits and goes to sleep. He sits or- down and goes to sleep, and they made it so obvious in the first couple movies that it is difficult for you. I think Josh had a really hard time getting, getting in, in there, getting in there, and staying in there. Um, yeah. Whereas in this movie, it seems like they can, both of them can just sit down, fall asleep and they're in the further. The only thing I can argue is that I believe Elise said it in the first one that Dalton is an extraordinary astral projector. Mm. Like he's very strong in going into the further, but before him, Josh was two and now, you know, it's the kid and they're older, but the fact that, it's instant mm-hmm. in getting in there is what that's true. I, I didn't realize it, that it kind of bothered me as well. Cause he would just literally sit like in one of the scenes, he sat in the corner, closed his eyes and he was in the further when right. in the first one, you needed the metronome and she had to, to count get you there. back. And I think she would like, she had something she would say right. to them to help them kind of get into yeah. that asp- uh in, into that world. But, He's like in a frat house that they're not supposed to be in. They've already been asked to leave. They snuck up into this kid's bedroom. So like you're already like at an anxiety high, like high anxiety level. Right. And then all of a sudden you can just sit down in the corner of this room and just fall asleep and go into the further like. "Mm." Yeah, because I don't know about you, but let's say I want to take a nap. Right. I get home from work. I'm sleepy. I want to take this nap. I really just want an hour. The minute I try to lie down and do it, it's not happening because you're overthinking it. Yeah. So even that part makes it a little bit hard to believe because I think you would psych yourself out. So you need that metronome and that guidance. Yes. To get to hypnotize you to get in there. So that is that is true. That is a big difference from the other movies versus this one where it's like, oh, poof, I'm here. (laughs) Like Genie from Aladdin. Like, uh, here I am. That's exactly what it was like. I was like, oh man, this seems a little off. But again, okay. Um, uh, you know, yeah. The, the next scene though is fantastic. That's when he goes back into Nick's room because he's trying to figure out, I think, what happened in there. Um, and that's when yep. he runs into the kid that died or whatever. Um, he was puking. So clearly the kid died. But that scene where he's like yep. under the bed and then the kid is Oof. like jumps down. I thought this scene was really, really good. It is. And you'd think by now under the bed scenes are old. They're yeah. overdone. What what can you do that's new? I actually did like that scene in Boogeyman, the under the bed one and that one, because it was the way the angles were done where the little girl was upside down. Yes. Or you were looking upside down with her. And it's they can still pull it off because when you're when I was a kid, the under the bed was a mystery, right? Yes. There's a I think there was a whole rug rat rug rack rug rats episode about what's under the bed i always thought the crypt keeper lived down there (laughs) it's a whole thing so there is that fear of under the bed and i think it it was just really well done again it's very claustrophobic too it's like where are you gonna look yeah when you see the kid they even do it differently though because like you for the majority of it you see where the kid is at and this is like he's not moving and it's like oh man like i wish this guy would just move already yeah and then he pukes in his mouth (gasps) yeah oh my god uh... then just the gross factor of that is really bad 
Yeah, it was it was disgusting. And th- correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the first um, lipstick demon scene we get, right? Because isn't he choking Chris in the other room? Yes. Yes, so that the, is the first time we see Lipstick Demon. Yeah. So he is the, he's the big bad in this movie. He is coming back mm-hmm. for them because um, they forgot about him, so he's pissed off. So he is choking Chris. Um, she is not in the further. She is in our world, and she's like ch- gasping to death. And then yeah. the loser frat boy, Nick, he actually is the one that comes in and saves her. The irony of it, too. Isn't it funny? <laughs> it is. Like, oh, this idiot saved your ass. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then Dalton, I think, uh, eventually gets back in his body, wakes up. They leave the frat house. And yeah. um, I did think it was a little weird, though, how quickly Chris like bought into this whole thing. She was like, okay, she so just met this guy. Yeah. He's kind of weird. Let's be honest. He's different. And yeah, he, she, he then tells her he can, what is it, astro project or whatever. And she's just like, oh, yeah, cool. Let's see it. And then he does it. I, I don't know. It was very, very fast. For somebody you don't know, like, let's say you came and told me this tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, I buy into it because I've known you for quite some time at this point, but they just met two days ago. Yeah. And she's already into this. Realistically speaking, I always say I would say I would believe somebody, but I don't know if I really would initially because it's like, I don't know you. And, you know, there's a lot of things that could make you see things. That's true. I would be a little hesitant. So yes, I think she bought into it a little, a little quick. Mm. Although with the choking, I guess that really proved it. That is point. true. I guess that would definitely, um, yeah, that would definitely <laughs> set the record straight. Yeah, but I'm, I'll be honest. If you came to me tomorrow and told me that you could do this, I would tell you that you're full of shit. Oh damn! Really? Yeah, I just, I'm not. I just, I don't. You know, I just don't. I don't buy into it. I, I don't know. know. I'm just, I know. I'm just messing with you. I'm sorry. Until I choked you. And if you choke me, it would be a real problem. We'd have a real problem. You'd be problem. like, oh, crap. Yeah, <laughs> then we'd have a very large problem. Oh, then I'd be like, okay, uh, you're out of here. Um, Bye. Yeah, like, I got to go. I'm out of here. Bye. But uh, yeah, so exactly. that scene, very well done. Um, I think yeah. right after that, doesn't she, they end up fixing her room situation, so she's out of his yeah. room. But um, really, the remainder of the movie is kind of Josh in that room, painting, remembering things. He's like, I'm not sorry, not Josh, Dalton. I keep getting uh, their names screwed yeah. up. Sorry, it's Josh. Uh, damn it, it's Dalton. Dalton. In <laughs> his it's dorm hard. Room. I don't know what it is. It is. Dalton in yeah. his dorm room with that painting, and he continues to add things to it. And yes. we see that he astro projects on accident, and he goes up and sneaks into Chris's room. And uh, he plays that like keyboard, air keyboard thing she has. Um, Freaks her out. Freaks her out. And then Josh is doing, he's on his own and he's doing some investigative research type stuff. I don't know if he's at the hospital or I think he's at the hospital um, looking through old documents of his dad's. That's when he figures out that his dad had schizophrenia. And um, is that when he- Microfilm microfilm that's that cool machine what a turd that would be to have to look stuff up dude could you imagine i love the computer just i can scroll whatever i need but can you imagine that's what we had back in the day i never got to use one but i always wanted to try it i wonder if libraries still have it 
I should just go and be like, hey, can I look this random thing up? Yeah, I, just to I mean, turn that knob. Well, I think they have to have them, right? Because that's what all the, they would scan so. in all the old documents. So they'd have to keep physical copies of them. But probably. Anyway, I digressed. No, you're good. So Dalton, and again, he finally, you know, he's messing around in the further, not understanding the ramifications of what he's doing, right? Because he doesn't know right. what these people are there's like some really good scenes of things crawling after him and you get that yep. scene in the dorm where there's the other uh demons that are coming after him but ultimately he doesn't understand these people are trying to take over his body right and then he gets captured by the red lipstick demon so i have a question for you mm. all that to ask a, a question finally um <laughs> do you think the the lipstick demon was just after Dalton to try to get Josh back into the further. Like Dalton was never his his main goal. His goal was to get Josh back in the further because he knew that Josh would come for Dalton. Yes. Okay. Ultimately, Josh has been hunted and haunted both all his life, right? Because it started with that old lady entity, which they do show at some point in this movie, which I thought was cool because it was kind of like a, a little nod to to the first one i feel like this thing has been after josh from childhood on and even in the first one he uses dalton as a way to catch his attention get him in there to save him as a kid now he has to go in there and get him as an adult and he just really wants this guy (laughs) he does it's like a goal of his or something he kills elise in the first or second movie because he takes over josh's body kills elise right um, and yeah. I, I ultimately think his goal is to kill Josh. I think that is like his, he set out to do that and he's going to do it through Dalton. So Dalton fucks around in the further gets captured by the red yep. lipstick demon yet again. Um, during this time, Josh is then, I think he goes to Renee, right? And yes, I forget exactly why he goes there, but she finally tells him what's going on. Yes, we. the good thing about this movie, I haven't seen part two in a very long, long time. Mm-hmm. I've seen it maybe once. I like that this movie, they they show you the beginning of the, at the beginning, they show you the end of part two, which is hypnotizing. So you kind of get like a recap and you're good. Like you don't, you're not missing much. And then they replay the situation that apparently uh, Josh was trying to kill his family. Yes. And that's why this happened. They had to erase this memory because it would be too traumatizing for Dalton and Josh. But then the the other two kids know, right? Yeah. See, that's what was weird is Foster still knew the other brother. Right. And that's so while Josh is Mm. out of it, damn it, Dalton is out of it (laughs) drawing this picture. He draws a picture of Josh with a hammer, which is a scene from Insidious 2 where he's trying to kill them in the basement with the hammer. He sends a picture of it to Foster. Foster comes home while Josh and Renee are talking, and he says, is this you? I think. So maybe Foster uh, didn't remember. He was he was younger, right? He's the, he's a younger brother, yeah. so maybe not. Because yeah, he did he ask, is this supposed to be you? And that's where all the, the secrets finally... Josh didn't know either. He's like, what in the hell is going on? And right. this is what bothered me the most about this movie, is that this whole thing was avoidable if Renee had just told him 
from the beginning. But I guess she didn't know D- D- Dalton was going through this, but it bothered me because one, I love Rose Byrne and I think she's a great actress. She's a lot of fun to watch because she's beautiful. And I wanted more Rose Byrne in this movie. I didn't get that. They, she's really not in this movie much at all. No. Um, there were some complaints about that. I read around some people were unhappy yeah, I about didn't that. like that. She, her, they minimized her in this movie, but like she, again, like his mom in the first one had the keys to this, car the entire time true she became the the next mom right of protecting yes. in this case father and son she they all think it's a good idea i th- i also thought at the end like ah, was this such a good i mean was it avoidable i understand the position she's in because she doesn't want the kids to, to suffer but they ended up suffering anyway because look yes. at the strained relationship they had so what good did it really really do for both of them mm-hmm. hmm. it's a hard I question mean, because I, you can ask josh's mom the same thing right well i mean in josh he had his memory basically erased when he was a kid so he was able to go through adult mm-hmm. uh, up to adult until he had his own kids and they had to tell him about it so but there were also other demons that were coming after dalton in the first one remember when um like the guy jumps That's through the true. window and all yeah. that other stuff. So I see why they did it, but it's, it was like, okay, like, but then I set to sit back and think, like, she didn't know he was going through all this. Well, she knew that she had to have known the brain fog was because of that, but what are you going to do? You're going to allow him to try to kill you guys again? So I understand why she wouldn't do that, but she also didn't know that Dalton was going through it at the same time. So I guess I'm going to retract my statement of I didn't like it because it actually makes a lot of sense as to why she wouldn't have, she didn't even know. Right, right. And and ultimately, this is about protecting your family. So in her head, she's protecting what's important to her, which is her kids, especially Dalton, because he's the one that went through this. Right. I mean, head on him and and Josh. And just to comment back on the lipstick demon, why does he want Josh so much? Is it because he's incredibly strong and he wants to get rid of somebody like Josh? Mm hmm. But then all those other demons want Josh as well or Dalton because they want a live body. Right, right. That's what Elise would say. Hmm. I I don't know. Because the lipstick demon, I I think of him as like the the boss of all these people. Right. And doesn't she explain in the first one he's different than the other the other ones are like lost souls that are stuck yes. in the further. He is a demon. Like he a is a demon. His sole purpose is to cause havoc. Right? I think these other people want to come back True. and live a life. He wants to come and he wants to wreak havoc on people. Wreak I havoc. think is yeah. basically how she explained it. But that's true. So okay, true. I'll forgive Renee since we talked through it. But then Josh just sits down and can immediately again in the first one when they explained to him that yep. he can go into this the further. Uh, Elise has to do this big dog and pony show. And it's hard yeah. for him to get in and stay in. And she has to like navigate him around through it. And then in this, she's just like, oh yeah, you're able to astro project into this other place called the further. And that's where Dalton is. And you need to go find him. And he just sits down in a chair and he's like automatically in the further. And he finds him quick. Very I feel like he quickly. found him very fast. Where in the first movie, it felt like they at least kind of danced around Right in the further, they it took a while for them to get there. 
and figure it out. Maybe it's because you as the fan have already watched part one. You saw the whole process. So they're kind of speeding it up for lack of time, you know, to not use up time, movie time for that. That's what it was. We can forgive it then if that's the case. That way they keep the movie an hour and 45 minutes. (laughs) Well, and I'll be honest, I would sacrifice those scenes of Josh trying to figure out how to navigate the further or them going and bringing in Elisa's friend that you saw at the beginning of the movie. Um, He's in the other, he's in the other insidious movies as well, but he uh, is the guy at, is his name Fred? I think so. I but don't know. like them going and getting him and bringing him in and having him play the role of Elise. Like I would sacrifice those scenes for the scenes we got with Dalton and Chris that are like funny and comical and you get more Dalton figuring out what's going on versus that. So I'm willing to sacrifice those, those scenes to keep the, the movie runtime within a, a, you know, an hour and 40 minutes and yes. Okay. Now that I say that I'm okay with it. The only thing it would have done was drag the movie out. Honestly. Yeah. Cause you, Technically, no. Again, as the viewer, as the fan, if you've watched the original, you know what it's like already in the further. It's like your second home. You know what the hell's going on in there and how to get to the lipstick demon. So I think for time purposes or just not boring you. All right. You already know how this goes. He's in the further and he found Dalton. We're good. Yes. Although I do have a a question. No, go ahead. Mm. Go ahead. No, no, you can go first. I'll remember. Question is if. You know, I will not remember. The question is, in the first one, the Red Lips, that door is in their attic of their house, correct? Yes. So Dalton is astro projecting from his dorm room. So did the demon take him back to their old house into the attic? And the demon change the attic door's location to wherever he wants? We saw Josh had to get in a car and drive Dalton to college. Did he get in right. a car in the further and drive back to the co- <laughs> like I'm I'm a little foggy on the Hi. geography of what's going on here. I like the pun. That was great. Yes, I'm having fog brain of the geography. I don't understand quite understand the geography here. In the first one they made it very clear it was all in that house. Yeah. That's a good point. I did not think about that. Unless the red door is metaphorical and it travels with you because it's it's in your mind, this red door, right? It's in Mm -hmm. their mind. So it is wherever. And that's what made Insidious one of those kind of like the conjuring where it's not the house that's haunted. It's you or it's this demon that's latched onto you. So it's it's continuing that storyline that you can't escape it just like they can't escape their problems the problems that they have together yes or whatever they're going through you have to quote unquote face your demon and face close the red door or paint it black in this case and that is what he does so josh finds him um i thought this was a little anticlimactic though i was hoping for a little bit more uh red lipstick demons i think he's only He's not in it much. He's really not. And I'll give him this. One thing I really liked about this movie is, do you remember me bitching and moaning that they gave that jump scare away in the trailer of the lipstick demon behind Dalton, I think it was, in the trailer? Yes. And I'm like, oh, well, they gave it away because it's this, this, that is the jump scare from the first one. That's, and people yes. say that's the scariest jump scare of any movie uh, or it's, he- it's held in very high regard. And I'm like, yes. they just gave this one away in the trailer. You know what, though? 
maybe I missed it. I don't remember seeing it. That's my point. Movie. It wasn't okay. in the movie. Oh, I wasn't crazy or foggy. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm like, I know Josh and I talked about this. Where is that scene? I waited for okay. it the whole movie. There were Me too. there were scenes in his dorm room where I'm like, okay, this is it. And then it didn't yes. happen. And there, there was so many scenes where I'm like, and then I'm like, I bet you it's in the after credits. And then it well, wasn't. I I think because sometimes they do release clips in trailers that you don't see or it gets edited out yes. because it's deleted scene or whatever the situation is. I wonder, not that I read anything on this, but what if it got back to movie executives that people were upset that they showed that exact same copy jump scare and they're like, well, let's edit that out. This is digital, so we can just go in and snip it mm. like we do in Filmora mm-hmm. and just take it out. I think they I'm did. Taking it. I, that theory I, out, but I think that they did it on purpose. I think that they could be purposely did it because you're waiting for. I waited for it the whole movie. I'm like, okay, here it comes. I knew it was going to scare me. I'm like, okay, here it comes. Here, nope, wasn't it? Here it comes. Nope, wasn't Same. it? And then at the end of it, I'm like, that was the the thing. The first thing I thought when the movie was credits were, I'm like that. Jump scare wasn't in this movie. And yes, I did too. I liked it. I was like, "Wow, they got me!" Like they got. I am yeah. even more impressed that they they had the 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 balls to take it out. I'm glad they took it out because I just like you. I was waiting for it because we had talked about it. I could have sworn I saw it in the trailer as well, which now makes me want to go watch it later. And I'm happy they took it out because we didn't, we already did that. Leave it where it's at. Why are we going to repeat it in the exact same way? And we got great other jump scares in this movie. So whoever made that decision, A plus. I agree. I like that they made that decision. I'm not upset about it at all. I I think it added something because I was watching for it the entire movie Yep. And uh, it never happens. Now, the Lipstick Demon, the small amount of screen time it actually gets is amazing. This thing looks so good. It's dark. It's It yep. looks like it's wet all the time. Yeah. looks slimy. It looks so gross. They did such a good job with that character. Um, yeah. And There's then one scene, I, I don't remember if it was when all, towards the end, all the chaos of getting out of the further where he's kind of in the back yes. in a hallway. Oh, it was great. The silhouette. Oh, there he is. Oh, yeah, it's so creepy. No thanks. And then you get your yeah. tiny Tim tiptoe through the tulips, waiting on it. There it is. It's synonymous with these movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was great. It was a good nod. Did you think though that when Josh got there, he got Dalton out pretty easily? Like there really wasn't. He did, he did. for somebody or something for a demon to want someone so bad. Mm-hmm. I feel like he didn't try hard enough to get them. Yeah. Or maybe he likes it. Maybe this lipstick demon loves this cat and mouse thing. Maybe he's into it. Mm. He's like, ah, let me catch you for a little while. Let me let you go. And then in a few years, we'll just do this again. We'll do it again. Really you know, fun. When Dalton has a kid. I mean, he has all eternity. Technically. That's true. He didn't age much. It didn't look like. No, he aged pretty good. In nine, nine, ten years, he did a good job. He did a he did a great he's still job. Still red and black. 
I what where I thought this movie was going though is so he gets Dalton, Dalton gets out of that door, and I'm like, okay, Patrick Wilson's character is not going to make it out of the further. Like he's going to sacrifice himself. I thought so. So that yeah. this thing will leave Dalton alone forever. Um, yeah. he's holding that door, and I immediately went to Game of Thrones with Hodor, right? And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, poor Hodor. And then poor, hold the door. <laughs> uh, so I'm like, oh, here we go, and like. He's like, I thought Dalton was going to come back from me. I'm like, no, he's not. He's going to leave. He's going to get back in his body. And then Patrick Wilson will just be stuck and the lipstick team will have him. And that that's going to be the end of it, right? Like he's going to sacrifice himself for Dalton. Um, and But then Dalton gets out and he has the idea to paint over the door on yes. the painting, mm-hmm. which ultimately closes the store. I, I'm gathering right yeah that's that's the because it has a light on top of it i think the light turned off too mm-hmm. kind of saying like okay we're closed for the day yeah oh. <laughs> or for a few years <laughs> in no, this case. no vacancy right for now you know the lipstick demons cat and mouse game is uh over for this decade mm-hmm. and you know he'll come back later i did think uh they faked me out pretty good i thought uh josh was gonna die because it seemed like he was dying yes. in real life I am torn-ish, but not really. I And you know me. I normally like unhappy endings, which in this case would be if Josh dies. Yes. But good segue, because at the end, it's not that everything's all great again or everybody's all, you know, hey, we're just loving each other. Instantly, there's work to be done within the family. Right. But but this is kind of like the conjuring. I really like this family and I want it to work. I didn't want anybody to die. I'm rooting for everybody to get out of this. And I'm hoping that Dalton and Josh will have some kind of relationship at the end of this tragedy that they did experience together. Right. And I mean, you see it in, because the ending scene is Dalton, or jeez, I'm never going to get these guys' names right, is Josh leaving yeah, Renee's yeah. house, and she basically is inviting him over for dinner to hang out with the family, yes. which I get, I gather doesn't happen often. Um, yeah. And then he gets to the car to leave. He's saved Dalton, and then he gets this, which I thought was weird, this like scene with Elise, which I don't think made a lot of sense. It was nice that you know she was in it, but it was like, it's kind of weird. Yeah, I didn't understand what the point of it. I think it was just to have Elise there, like to have her character, the actress in the movie somewhere. Yeah. I didn't think it was necessary either because the there was a cool part I liked, which is when uh, Dalton is in the dorm room with Chris and they're watching YouTube because yes. that's what we do nowadays. And they watch a video with Specs and the other guy, I don't remember his name, with the from Elise's team. And mm-hmm. then they watch Elise on YouTube. I thought that was just enough from the old right movie, but I think it was just a a service to have her at the end, and then I think he also realizes, oh, all right, she was dead. Yeah. Okay. Like, oh, great. This I isn't done. This isn't going away. And maybe that's the the message too. That's not going to go away. It's still something you have to deal with. Kind of like the whole metaphor of you're always going to have something with you, and you yeah. just have to learn to work with it, deal with it, face it, kind of thing. Wouldn't it have made more sense for that to have been his mom in that scene? Probably. It's kind or of the I dad. Thought. Well, he has the moment with the dad, right? Because the dad is in the further. 
And I forget the conversation he has, mm-hmm. but his dad like fades out basically because like I, I don't I don't remember exactly what he says to him. But later he says to Renee, you know, I've hated this. I've had so mm-hmm. much hatred for this person that I never knew. And I think right. learning all of his dad's mental history, mental health history, like being schizophrenic, etc. Um, yeah, I think that that scene with his dad was like kind of him like letting go. Um, And it was like his dad disappeared. So I also wonder, are these souls that are stuck in the further that are trying to get back to a life? Is it because somebody is holding on to them and that's why they can't cross over? And that's why they're having, you know, I mean, does somebody have some sort of um, issue or they dealing with some sort of trauma that these people cause them? And that's why until the person that they cause this trauma to can deal with it or let it go. Are they forever trapped in this universe of the further because of something they have cast onto somebody else that, that person is holding on to? That could be. And maybe that's why we also saw Elise because he killed her. Mm. I mean, he strangled this woman to death. But he doesn't Granted, remember doing it. He doesn't right? remember it, but he still took life from her. So maybe that was her, her spirit being able mm. to move on right Right. and not be in this limbo uh unresolved issues that ghosts have right in some of these movies but that's a good point maybe that's what the issue is with those uh the souls in the further and that's why they're angry and are latching on to somebody who's alive because then maybe they can find happiness or some kind a way to resolve issues with other people some sort of resolution there you go. That's huh. a better a better answer. Did you stay for the end credits? Uh, I would be lying if I said I did. I did not. Mm. I had things we had to do, so I had to jet. Um, but I did, in normal Josh fashion, get on the internet and find out what it was. Um, okay. And it seemed pretty anticlimactic. It was. I, I took it as that it's not over. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to the theme of can you can you ever really get rid of something like this and just trauma in general or problems? It's always going to be there because it shows the black door, but the light is flickering and it just turns back on, I believe, is how the end credit is. Interesting. I think it just stays on. Well, do you think that... So that light that's over it, right, is... Mm-hmm it's illuminated, but then it goes out when Dalton paints the door black. Do you think that right. that light coming back on means that Dal- that light for Dalton and Josh has went out, but has it opened somewhere else? So somebody else now, is he now like basically forced to move on to maybe it's like John wick. Okay. The, the lipstick demon has now been given another assignment. He's like, okay, you failed at this Ooh. assignment, Mr. Wick. You are now moving on to these other people. Good luck. It could be. I mean, he he's been gone for ten years, nine years. That's true. He's gotta be messing with other people. Maybe not. Maybe he's solely Josh's demon. But I have been <laughs> led to believe this is the last we're gonna see of the Lambert family, correct? That's what I've been led to believe. I think in one of the in the news we talked about that they're talking about a spinoff. Mm. I think it was of Insidious. Maybe that is the way of saying, yes, it's still around, but to spin it off, it's going to be with somebody else now. So, yes, I think the lipstick demon jumps around. 
<sighs> Interesting. He gets around. He's definitely getting around. He's not getting around that door. Maybe he's got a new door. He's gonna. He's gonna implement. But overall, I really liked the movie. I think it had great jump scares. Um, yeah. I think it was directed really well, especially for this being Patrick Wilson's first time directing. This could have been a real shit show. Um, but I think that it shows that he is paying attention because he's been around great directors. Like for God's sakes, he's been in James Wan's movies. Yep. Like James Wan is yeah. is. is arguably the greatest horror director of all time, or I think he will go down as, as one of the greatest of horror directors. Um, yeah. So he's had all these people at his disposal to kind of bounce ideas off of and, and just learn from him. Yeah, exactly. So I, I thought it was directed really well. The acting was done really well. Um, it I think it did a good job of coming coming from the same vein as these other movies so i really enjoyed it i could see why some people if you're a insidious purist and you can't get around the fact that he can sit down and be in the further immediately if that really keeps you up at night okay great but i think you might be nitpicking yeah i mean it and i think what what we said is maybe the answer to it or the answer works for me uh, it's for sake of time we just get them in there. We already know the whole process and what the further looks like. We're not going to spend that much time in exploring that because it was done in the first one. It was done really well in the first one. Why do it here? But I really enjoyed it. I went in not with high expectations, not with low. I just went in kind of in the middle. I was hoping for, like I said, a good jump scare and hopefully get a good movie out of it. I came out with both. I had a great time with the with the scares with the comedy, with the story. I I like the characters of Josh and Dalton now that they're older. I like where they went with it. And uh, it was a good haunting demon story. It's a good time. I agree. I agree. I don't know that I want more of these. If I'm, I'm just being honest. I don't know that we need more of these. I think this was a good no. conclusion to their story now 10 years from now hey maybe we see where they're at and it, it, you know it was a total shit show again nine years in the future because we saw the last one ended it on a happy note yeah. and it didn't end up staying that way but i, I don't mean, know i i don't need another one either now with them i think it's fine it's fine they completed it i predict that somehow the family will at least be able to be together in the same room from now on, whether they get back together or not, but at least they can be a family in some way. And that makes me happy because they're a family that I enjoyed watching and uh, I'm okay with the chapter ending here. Spinoffs, I'm I'm okay with. We'll see how it goes. Well, they've made <laughs> the other ones spinoffs and I didn't hate those, so... Right, right. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But is there anything else you want to say about Insidious, The Red Door, before we wrap it up? Uh, nothing from me. Go right. watch it in the theater so you can get all the loud noise. Mm, I agree. I think this is one you should see in theaters. I agree with you. So if you have the ability to go see it in theaters, I would say that would be for the best. Yes, I agree. All right, let's do some patron shout outs real quick before we get out of here because we still have it in the news to record. So mm -hmm. thank you to Colette S, Matt B, Zach F, Rosalind, Vicky D, Brian Hathaway from the Don't Go Out There podcast, Kimberly D, Felicia Connor, Caitlin, Ashley V, Mark and Brooke from a podcast on Elm Street, and my lovely mother, Nana, Stevie Nicks. You are wearing a Fleetwood Mac shirt. I am. Did you wear that so, for my mother? I did. Oh, wow. How nice of you. Isn't that nice? 
There you go. I uh, love this shit. shirt. So there right. you go. I like it too. I've uh, I was in Grand Rapids uh, a few years ago, and Stevie Nicks was there and played live. Oh, sweet! I didn't That's see her. Awesome. I didn't go. Uh, I had customers out, and as the bar filled up, we were like, "What in the hell's going on?" And this lady next to us was like, "Oh, the Fleetwood Mac concert just let out." I was like, "Oh, great!" Uh, now you know. Yeah. Now you know. We're out of here. Bye. 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 I have such a so good. I know I have such a good uh, war cry. So good. So good.